0: For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing investing hamsters, free money for college, and bottled water sucks.
1: I can't believe we are actually gonna be talking about hamsters during this episode. It makes me think of two things. First, the Kia. Uh, Kia Soul Hamsters. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, but did you ever have a hamster as a kid, as like a pet? No, fortunately not. I'd, well, Fortunately? No, hamsters are awesome. Really? Yeah, they put them in the little balls, and they run all over the house and just pee everywhere. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I'm okay if I go my whole life never owning a hamster. Hamsters are, are cute. Uh, mine met a tragic end that we're not going to get to during this episode, <laughs> but maybe one of these days. But we are going to talk about the stories that you mentioned, Joel, plus a bunch of others. This is our Friday flight where we tackle some of the different headlines lines that we've come across this week, uh, and we specifically want to talk about how they impact our money. But first, man, we wanted to mention that last Friday, we had a, a listener hangs there in Austin, Texas, there at a brewery. And dude, it was so much fun. Didn't you think so? Oh, it was so great. And I got to say, just there's
0: something really, really enjoyable about spending time with folks that listen to the show and hanging out with them. And so we got to do this more, Matt. Like we got to get across the country and just hang out with people (laughs) because, yeah, it was so much fun just to be at an awesome brewery. And they were so down to earth, the
1: Austin listeners. So big thanks to- Austin or even nearby. We had some folks, like one, one guy drove up from San Antonio. Right. Is that right? Which was like- kind of baffling i'm like yeah we're not we're you not did, that you cool. did what you should
0: have just zoom called in or something man but uh yeah big thanks to everybody who came out yeah. it, was, it really was a lot of fun
1: yeah i mean we hung out we talked about uh investing in real estate everything from that to just like more personal stuff like uh training for runs like races that we've got coming up to of course we had to touch on craft beer because you can't <laughs> uh hang out with matt and joel and not talk about some craft beer but man one of the reasons i think it was so great too is because first of all like you and i were like the luckiest dudes alive right I mean, we get to work with each other. We're best buds. We get to talk about personal finance. But we also we know that we get to help people as we sit here and record this. We know that this is good information that's hopefully helping folks who are out there. But I think a lot of times when we're sitting here removed from individuals, it just it's sort of like we have this faceless listener base. Right. Right. Whereas when you go in person and you meet somebody and you hear their story, like their money origins story, <laughs> you hear the different things they are struggling with or, you know, the different things that they've accomplished. It can completely shifts from something that we know to be real to something that we can truly experience. Uh, and for me, I know that was just really impactful. It's sort of this third element of what we do. The actual listeners who obviously make the show possible, but it's, it's something that, I mean, you and I both talked about how encouraging it was to see individuals and to know that we are impacting their life for the good. And yeah, just fun. They're cool people. They're our kind of people. I was like, yeah. man, if we moved to Austin,
0: like, we'd hang out with (laughs) you would all be our friends right exactly so and then i ran into another listener like earlier this week uh who lives in atlanta actually in atlanta and so i promise you atlanta folks will get a hang on the calendar in the near future maybe even later this month so stay tuned but matt let's move on let's get to the uh, friday flight the stories we found interesting this week in the personal finance space let's start with student loans federal student loan payments are still on hiatus, of course, until early next year. But uh, yeah, there's still news happening in a big way in the student loan arena. The enormous student loan servicer, Navient, they just filed to stop servicing student loans. They want to transfer their business to another student loan company. They're like, listen, we're washing our hands of this. We we don't want any part of it anymore. We're done with the federal government. Exactly. So yeah, come February, when those payments resume, If Navient has been your student loan servicer, you might be getting a letter from the Department of Education notifying you that Maximus, which is the likely company to take over these payments, maybe somebody else, is the new company that you should be directing your payments towards. Uh, don't trust anything else. I bet there could be some scam emails flying around about Any, this.
1: Yes, I'm uh, sure
0: those are going to pop out of the woodwork, right? We'll
1: talk about those in a couple of months. <laughs> right.
0: I'm sure they will come up. Exactly. So Department of Education, that's what you want to pay attention to when you get something in the mail from them. Uh, this shouldn't be a big deal. Really, it should have minimal impact. But uh, make sure you know your current loan terms and the balance that you currently owe and you have a record of it just in case something does happen during the switch. I would say, a screenshot or print your records now to protect yourself in case something gets bungled along the way, which when we're talking about millions and millions of student loan records getting transferred to another servicer, that's possible. So yeah, if you're set up for those payments to get auto taken out of your checking or savings account, monitor them closely during the switch. I'm sure we'll be talking about this story again, but it is something you should keep your
1: eyes on. Most definitely. And uh, since we're talking about student loans, today is actually the first day to apply for federal student aid for the uh, 2022-2023 school calendar year. I feel like we need a clap sound Uh, right now. (laughs) I mean, so what's crazy about this is I think a lot of folks might be thinking, like, Whoa! this school year just started. (laughs) And while that is true, it is important to note that a lot of programs award money based on a first come first serve basis. So what that means is the sooner you get that in, the better. Uh, We'll actually link to the government site that has both federal and state deadlines listed out. uh, But you don't want to miss out on potential aid just because you waited to file. Yeah,
0: in this case, procrastination could leave you in the lurch without access to
1: some of those aid dollars that you'd otherwise be able to get if you were on the ball. It's sort of like this, yeah, we've talked we talk about the domino effects of things. And this is sort of one of these instances where from the very beginning, the, the college students who are go-getters who are going to fill out the FAFSA today are going to be the ones who see a lot of money awarded to them. So that means they're less likely to take out more student loans down the road, which means down the road, they're also going to be in a healthier financial position. It's just this cascading, compounding effect. And so we want you to be on the winning end of the stick. No doubt. Charlie Sheen style winning, right? Yeah. Uh, now, let's talk about something that's Less awesome.
0: Um, Free money for college is great. That's as good as it gets today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everything else is going to suck. It's
0: all downhill from here. No, there's some other good stories in here too. But this one is one for anybody who is... A renter currently. Yep, this, this, this is, this is this not is the, good news. The sucky story, right? Yeah. Exactly. Rents have been increasing at shocking rates around the country, and we we briefly discussed the likelihood that rents were starting to head up back in July. Well, now we're in October, and new statistics show that rents have increased considerably in just a short period of time. There's almost like when you look at the chart, a hockey stick uh, style curve, and it just shot up. That's great if you're looking at your investments. Not so great if you're looking at the price you're paying to rent a home or an apartment. And yeah. It's, it's worse, actually, if you live in certain cities in the states of Georgia, Florida, and Washington. Some year-over-year increases in those places have reached the 25% mark, which ouch, <laughs> that hurts. And Big increase. And ask anyone, Matt, who's trying to move back into New York City right now. Rent prices are skyrocketing there. And, and now that COVID has kind of calmed down, uh, it's it's not quite as bad as it has been. And so, yeah, rent prices, they can't and they won't increase at this rate for much longer. But if you're a renter, it's important to know that the market has changed. And if your lease is almost up, there are some things you need to know ahead of that conversation with your landlord so that you don't end up paying the highest rates around.
1: Yeah, it, it makes sense that rents have increased as single-family home prices have similarly skyrocketed. At least we're, we're seeing some signs of rent price increases slowing down. But uh, what can you do about it, right? Like That's the big question on so many minds these days. Uh, and there are a few options at your disposable. First of all, make sure you're a good tenant. Make sure that you obviously pay your rent on time. But then think through some of the different requests you've made to your landlord. For instance, uh, the more you ask your landlord to replace things like light bulbs, I'm thinking the less likely they're going to be to be flexible when it comes to rent in the future. They're probably going to roll their eyes, be a little annoyed. Ex- exactly. Um, as a renter, If I was in that position, I would also offer to to sign a longer lease because vacancy time uh, and, you know, finding another great tenant. Those are real concerns for landlords. And the ability to lock in someone great is a perk. And that could potentially lead to some reduced rent for you. And then your third option, too, is just consider moving elsewhere. If your landlord won't budge, it might just be time to move on. Uh, But the thing is, know what the current market conditions are wherever you're considering moving before you part ways. Well-priced rental units are going quickly in many markets. Uh, And plus, keep in mind too that moving is just a huge pain in the butt. It's going to cost you money. If you can't score a significant savings, you might have to bite the bullet and pay a little bit more. And one final tip, downsizing. That's another way that a lot of renters out there can save more. Uh, I, f- I feel like most folks are actually going in the opposite direction, right? With more folks working from home, folks who are kind of looking for that place with an extra room for them to have as an office. But if that's not you, if that's not uh, your situation, maybe consider moving down to a, a smaller spot uh, where you're going to be able to save every single month. Yeah, I haven't seen any stats
0: on this, but my guess is that something like a studio apartment I bet the rent hasn't gone up nearly as much as it has for two-bedroom apartments. Yeah. Uh, because, or three-two. Right, exactly, <laughs> because the, the need it for, people want more space right now. Studio apartments, probably less desirable. So yeah, if you can move in that direction to save money, then that might be uh, a good way to go about handling these rising rents, which are, I know, a pain in the butt. But uh, let's move on, Matt. Let's talk about healthcare. It turns out more costs of COVID treatment are being borne by individuals these days. Like if you get COVID and you have to go to the hospital, you might get a bigger bill than you would have. Let's say uh, eight months ago, ten months ago, this time last year. Right. Yeah. The Washington Post reported uh, that most of the major health insurers in each state have stopped waiving copays and deductibles when it comes to receiving treatment for COVID. So yeah, with all the uncertainty around COVID last year, it was it was a really great thing that insurers were voluntarily stepping up and they were taking care of their customers. There wasn't any federal mandate that required them to do it. They were just actually doing something nice, which... uh,
1: They're doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. Surprising, but it happened. (laughs) Every now and then, (laughs) blind squirrel can find a nut too. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And some
0: states like Vermont and New Mexico, well, they still require insurance companies to cover all the costs associated with uh, treatment of COVID. But if you live in a state without those mandates, which is from what I know, at least all the other 48 states, it's important to know that these costs are increasingly falling on you. And so hopefully all our How to Money listeners staying safe. Hopefully they're not getting sick, Matt, but, but if they do, it could have a, a real financial impact.
1: That's right. And uh, yeah, so I think this might be a good time for folks to revisit your emergency fund, maybe to make sure that you have enough money set aside to cover any deductibles or any maximum out-of-pocket costs. Vaccines are, are obviously making these expensive overnight hospital stays more rare, uh, but the experts, like they've made it clear that COVID, it's now endemic, you know, it's it's here to stay uh, and we should plan accordingly. COVID is no longer in the special category of a health expense that we no longer have to bear the full brunt of. And one other thing, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our conversation with Marshall Allen, this was episode 409, uh, definitely go back, give that one a listen. He had so much great information about lowering the cost of health care in your life how to fight back if you do get a uh, ridiculous bill for treatment so again listen back to that episode 409 which by the way have you ever used uh, 409 like the, the surface cleaner um, yeah I think so it's been a while <laughs> So I say that at, that's like I'm in charge of cleaning the kitchen and I love 409. Uh, and lately, Kate bought this uh, Amazon kind of like lavender stuff. It's not cutting it for me, man. I want to yeah. go back to the uh, name brand stuff. This okay. is one area where I'm willing to splurge a little bit to make sure our, our counters are nice and clean. There, there are certain places where a name brand item makes a difference. <laughs> We're all for
0: store brands and for generic goods, but there's not not in every case. That's yeah. for sure. I like the smell of it too. <laughs> <laughs> but I really did love that episode with Marshall and like he's been writing about this stuff for so long Yeah, and he. It's so much good, like practical information. If you get an outrageous bill, whether it's for COVID treatment or for anything else from a hospital where you uh, where you had a procedure done, you're going to want to make sure you follow his steps because they are going to work out for so many people in so many cases. And then, yeah, he, he even mentioned the nuclear option that you could pull out if you had to. And uh, I won't reveal it now, but it, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, Uh, We've got a few more stories to get to in today's Friday flight, including literally two stories about animals doing interesting things. We'll, We'll get to that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances.
1: For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
0: Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything, too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful... Well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year.
1: That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. Save time and money and
0: provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. All right, we are back from the break, and it's time to get to the ludicrous headline of the week. Of the week. And this is also our first animal-related story, uh, number one of two. The headline reads like this, Matt. This hamster's cryptocurrency portfolio is beating the
1: market. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually a much longer headline. (laughs) (laughs) I had to condense it. It was so long. I was going to say, this isn't the actual headline. No. Okay. It got a little ridiculous just how long it was. But this uh,
0: particular story was sent by Listener Crystal. It was published on Business Insider. And it was actually, this story made the rounds this week in in multiple publications. But this one is actually funny and a little confusing from the initial headline read. One, Matt, I want to know, how did this hamster get money? Hamsters don't work for money like... They just like they're on the wheel each day, and they don't get paid for that stuff. They can get an, get an allowance, you know, if you're on that family dole. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe it's allowance money, but because they're those furry monsters, they're obviously unemployable. But two, they don't have opposable thumbs. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I slept through biology class, and they do. But wouldn't that make it tough to to click a mouse or download an app and transfer funds? I, I mean, I'm just, I, you know, upon initial viewing of this article, I was like, I don't know, this one doesn't doesn't hold water, but it turns out that's not what's happening. But uh, It got th- a lot more scientific with it. Yes, this uh. isn't a fully evolved <laughs> hamster, but this hamster's name was Mr. Gox, and he actually, he, he was put in a cage by his owners, and the buy and sell decisions were being made based on which tunnel he decided to run through each time. So
1: there's a buy tunnel. And when he goes through that, every time they buy and there's a sell tunnel. And anytime he goes through that tunnel, that's when they sell uh, the crypto. Exactly. And his instincts, apparently, uh, are to make his
0: owners better than average returns because, yeah, he and his owners are beating the S&P 500 by 24%. In what, like a two-month period? So, yeah, in, in other news, I'm definitely going to get a ferret in a special cage and see if I can outperform Mr. Gox because ferrets have to be more impressive than
1: hamsters Get, you, get you that money, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also the, the, the nature of cryptocurrencies. You know, it's a much more volatile space. There are going to be massive run-ups but they're also going to be huge sell-offs as well. Uh, it's you know it's not unlike individual stocks. You should expect to see much more volatility in individual stocks and cryptocurrencies compared to investing in the total stock market, uh, which is what we recommend. But the fact is that yeah, if you're looking for short-term gains, you. Probably have as good of a chance at picking the winners uh, with a hamster or a ferret, Joel, in your case, if you want to go that route. <laughs> I hope so. Than, uh, than the pros do on Wall Street. Or even uh, if you were to randomly throw darts at a dartboard to pick individual stocks you would have a a great chance of beating the pros because this is exactly what the Wall Street Journal did a few years back. Uh, And the dart throwers won the competition. They just randomly threw darts at a dartboard, and that's how they picked their individual stocks. Uh, And it turned out that they beat the pros. And so we wanted to share this because listening to the quote unquote experts is it's usually a bad move when they are attempting to predict the future. Uh, And so, yeah, keep that in mind. Because when uh, someone tells you that they know what what is going to happen next month uh, in the market, you want to avoid them, run away fast. Instead, we want you to invest in something like index funds like the S&P 500 index or the total stock market index. Exactly, Matt. And you mentioned people predicting
0: the future or the near-term future, predicting stock crashes. Well, Speaking of that, I've actually never read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think that might make me like... It's a, a classic. That's like a personal finance no-no to not have read that book. But I just never got around to it, didn't feel compelled to. But you know what? Now, I think I'm going to keep putting it off because <laughs> Robert Kiyosaki, the, the author of that, uh, he, uh, he is, has been predicting market crashes basically at the rate that you and i drink craft beer he so
1: responsibly a few times a week (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: got it (laughs) but he's been more irresponsible with with his behavior and he tweeted this week that market uh, the market is ripe for a nosedive in october so this month all right are we gonna crash 40 percent? he says yes could he be right? Yeah. Of course. Maybe. <laughs> yes, he could be right. But the the problem is he makes predictions like this on basically an annual basis. And like how has the market performed after each successive tweet? Well, fortunately, somebody else on Twitter did, <laughs> did the research. And it turns out the market has done pretty darn well, actually, after he tweets out crazy stuff like this. Like historically well. And so, yeah, my guess is that maybe uh, Mr. Kiyosaki adopted... Mr. Gox the hamsters uh, maybe uh, inferior sibling and these are the results of his <laughs> predictions but yeah just remember that even people who have written influential books or have a massive following on social media i think that dude has like 1.7 million twitter followers you would mm. expect that they're all following him because he knows what he's talking about but even those kind of folks with real clout can be prone to this type of behavior but yeah our response the what we would tell you to do with these sorts of predictions is to tune it out take it with a grain of salt yeah for sure well
1: and here's the thing you kind of present it as like oh i can't believe that even with all those followers that he's given crappy advice regularly right (laughs) but like i would argue that it's not a bug. It's a feature. Like like this is how he has so many people because people want to have somebody who they feel like has the pulse on the market. Uh, someone who they feel like has the uh, the inside track. And I'm going to listen to this guy, and that's how I'm going to get rich. Yep. Um. It's all. I mean. Well, that's I feel like... how they're going to get the opposite of rich. Exactly. And it's it's just all marketing, and they're just taking advantage of the. The media system that we have in place where the most extreme views on one side or the other is, I mean, that's what's going to typically make the headlines. Here we are even right now talking about him ourselves, yeah. but all that to say don't follow him. Don't listen to his investing advice. And instead, take the not extreme view of just like <laughs> investing in the whole market. Approach it with a very level head and make reasonable decisions. Yeah, I think the actual, that doesn't sell. Right. <laughs> right. Be reasonable, people. <laughs> yeah, that
0: really sells well in our economy these days or really just in our society in general. I will say the best tweet I think uh, was Ben Carlson's tweet uh, friend of the show he's been on the show before and he said rich
1: dad poor readers and (laughs) I'm like he's spot on with that 100% man okay uh, so we're talking about investing on a not insane investing note uh, Vanguard they one of our favorites they are slashing their fees on their target date funds uh, by quite a bit this is great news, uh, especially for target date fund investors. So the average expense ratio was between 0.12 and 0.15%. But as of February of next year, all target date funds will have an expense ratio of 0.08%. For some, that's close to a 50% cut in the fee that they'll be charging moving forward. This is huge. This alone is going to save investors almost $200 million in 2022 alone. Uh, and so, yeah, we wanted to, this is a the, the little bit of, we had some crappy news for folks, but this is definitely some of the good news. Target Day funds are the best pick, we think, for a lot of folks because of the diversification, the simplicity that they offer. Uh, But that being said, you know costs have been a a small problem in many of these funds. So, we're glad to see Vanguard taking the lead and continuing to lower the price when it comes to uh, getting into some of these investments. And since their inception, Vanguard has just been saving investors an incredible amount of money. We're glad to see that trend continuing. Yeah. And anything that Vanguard
0: does, like they make a big footprint and other people tend to follow. Right. So when they lower fees, other people start looking at their own fees and they're like, is everyone going to leave us for Vanguard? And so they start to lower fees. So it's a big step for anybody who does invest with Vanguard, but you know, it's going to have ripple effects on the industry as a whole and target date funds. Like you said, Matt, we like them. They're great for a whole lot of people, but sometimes the cost in some of these funds with some of these companies is just It's a little too high. And so I hope this is higher than it should be for what it is. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, talk about side hustling for a second, Matt. Uh, I really want to get to our second animal story uh, of this Friday (laughs) flight. I didn't realize uh, until this week, but apparently. Animals can be influencers now, and they can make more money than lots of humans. So we're f- figuring out that animals are really adept yeah. at, at, at at building wealth. But uh, <laughs> gonna replace you with a llama, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you you'd probably be better off. <laughs> but there was a there was an article in the New York Post about a duck who's making viral videos on TikTok. Uh, the duck's name is. Duncan Ducks and he is adorable but I'm still not sure how I feel about this kind of new world that we're living in. I think more than anything this story and then just our recent trip to Austin and going to FinCon which is this financial media conference that we were at just makes me realize there are so many different ways to earn money specifically online. Oh yeah. And like yeah, like we may we met people who like literally they they built up their Instagram and that's how they make money or their email newsletter whatever they, there's like, there's so many different ways online to make side hustle money and then eventually turn it into your your day job and yeah I mean I'm not suggesting that people go out there and adopt a duck or a llama and see if you can make money that way well, what if you already have a pet though because you've got a couple cats I was, yeah maybe my cats could become influencers <laughs> and they could bring me in some some side money. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting because the internet obviously has its downsides. It like r- draws our attention away lots of times, but it also has basically limitless opportunity as well. And so for any of our listeners who are out there and they're like, man, I really want to start something. I'm not saying that you need to get your, your animal um, a social media account, but get creative online and see what you can do to build a business there because the world is your oyster and use your skills in a different way to reach an audience.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so anybody out there, if you've got that fancy feast connection, we will be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on a uh, consumer-related note, bottled water is the complete worst. Stats show that bottled water consumption is currently at an all-time high, uh, and this is a bad thing. First of all, it's not great for the environment, right? Just think of all the insane amounts of uh, plastic bottles and landfills. But second... It's not great for your your money, you know, even if you don't care about uh, taking care of the earth, which you should. Don't uh, be a jerk. Come on. (laughs) But if you consistently drink bottled water, you are wasting money. And oftentimes, too, this is really a needless expense because as uh, David Lazarus wrote in the L.A. Times this week, most of the major bottled water brands are just putting filtered tap water into these bottles get with it folks <laughs> bottled water is not better for you uh so don't you know buy into the advertising don't pay extra for that fiji water um although does fiji maybe actually come from somewhere special i don't know i bet it comes out of i guess it's not fiji I bet, <laughs> I bet it comes out of a tap somewhere uh, yeah but, when you when you look at the back you can see it'll tell like, you municipally sourced from
0: this exactly. this or such
1: a place and it's like why am I paying for this again? Exactly, you're buying into the advertising, and we would recommend for you to not do that. Just get a uh, get one of those reusable water bottles. Honestly, you can just buy a, a disposable bottle of water, and then just keep that plastic bottle, f- you know, as long as you possibly can. I think that's probably the most affordable way to. Hydrate yourself. Just keep refilling that. Or do what thing. you did. The one that you've got rocking right here on, on the podcast recording table. Uh, <laughs> you've got on the side of the road, didn't you? So No. Okay. So we were talking about FinCon earlier. Do you, you remember? I got this at FinCon in 2018. Oh. We were helping a friend clean up after a party and everyone just left all their trash. And so we were cleaning things up. The hotel staff was getting ready to, to swoop in and we're getting ready to throw all the stuff away. And we were asking folks, we we're like, hey, who's, who's red water bottles? It's, what, what is it? Takia or something like that? It's one of those insulated fancy water bottles. And nobody would claim it. And so I grabbed it. I, was, I mean, I rescued it from the landfill. And I've been rocking... I literally use this thing every single day. Yeah, you do. And... Uh, So that's a fun story. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, So the moral of the story here is just look out for free stuff because you don't have to necessarily go out of your way and spend 30, 40 bucks on one of the fancy, really nice insulated water bottles. Maybe you can just use what you have on hand. Just keep your eyes open. Yeah. And tap water is just fine in most parts of the
0: country. Unless you live in Florida. I've been down there. Your tap water is terrible. And I, I get it. I get why you go
1: buy water somewhere else if you live there. I'm also going to argue that the uh, tap water here in Atlanta is better than in Austin. Oh, yeah, it was. You're right. <laughs> You're right. So there, there maybe are... we're just biased, but I was happy to come home and, and, you know, have the freedom to fill up my water bottle from the fridge, which is filtered, by the way. Yeah. So it's and there's a you can buy your own filter there. if you really want filtered water, uh, which I personally don't care about, but my
0: wife does. Like, you can get a jug that has filters in it. You can replace them. Like, they sell those at Aldi yeah. even. Yeah. Uh, find your own thing to to filter water. Oftentimes, people are throwing those things away. Come get mine from my house <laughs> because <laughs> my wife might be mad if I give it away. But still, yeah, don't drink bottled water, or at least only drink it in those rare circumstances where you actually need to take a dis- like one of those disposable throwaway water bottles with you. Totally. But all right, that's gonna do it for today's Friday flight. If you guys want show notes, links to the stories that we mentioned. In this episode, you can go to our website at howtomoney.com. By the way, I wanted to let you know that our listeners, they send us stories sometimes like, Listener Crystal did. Send, send in the ludicrous headline of the week. If you come across an interesting, uh, head-scratching personal finance story this week, <laughs> send it our way
1: to howtomoneypod at gmail.com and hopefully we can feature it in next week's Friday flight. That's right. And if you don't have a story to send us, but maybe you have a question for us, we would also love to receive those via voice memo. That's uh, our Ask How to Money episodes and actually we've got one of those lined up for you on Monday, so you can look forward to that one showing up here in a couple days. We hope you have a great weekend and Joel, until 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 next time, buddy. Best friends out. Best friends out. If you dare.